when I was like about nine years old, like seven, nine, eighty. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, when did you uh, first get interested in just doing doing music professionally? What what era did you did you start in? Did you start around the uh, the eighties or the the early nineties? Oh, it was in the uh, it was in the uh, the eighties. Okay. Like, so you uh, you know, Cold Crush Brothers, New York, and uh. Grandmaster Flash and uh, Tila Rock, uh, stuff like that, you know, and uh, Bubba Man and, uh, you know, the Bear Few Paces and stuff. It's a, you know, it, you know, it was some, some groups out there that, you know, we, we jammed and stuff. And, you know, and I was, you know, I was already, like, in the entertainment stuff, like, from... When I was little, my parents and stuff, they took me to spots where the, you couldn't go as a youngster. And I remember when I was like about four, five or something, and I think it was like uh, Kung Fu fighting or something was playing or something, man. I did some kind of little fresh move or something, man. Everybody <laughs> gave me money, man, and it went from there, man. Yeah. So, uh, so when did you... Uh, First, meet the uh, the the other members when y'all ended up forming Street Military. Uh, who, who was the first one you had met? Well, I knew um, I knew uh, uh, Lil Darrell, aka Pharaoh the Thuggish King. He was the first one, like I met, but we wasn't Street Military back then. He was in the crew called Eighteen. And I was in a crew called Negro Posse. Okay. And uh, we used to pop lock and all that stuff. And Big Melo, R.I.P. to him, he was there, well, you know, and uh, it was a lot more people there, you know. Uh, but uh, we was in the pop locking and stuff, up rocking and stuff like that. So uh, I knew Farrow from that. But then uh, it was the time I moved to Missouri City. And uh, then when uh, Lil Daryl Fabro moved to Missouri City, he hit the streets. Everybody knew that we were staying, and we was out there in Mo City now. So then uh, we both hooked up, and we worked on some music. But we weren't street military then, but we was we was coming together. And uh, then Lil Flea, he was in the Lil Dogs out of Mo City. You know what I'm saying? Uh. And, uh, you know, and, uh, he had, his name was out on the street and he came by my house and I was like, what's up? And, you know, we, you know, we welcomed him with open arms and, and, and then we started working on stuff and, you know, KB, my cousin up on the north side. So, you know, he was real young, but we were, we had worked on a couple of songs but KB was like uh, determined, as you know, rapping, and you know, and then we eventually bought KB. But then we were working on stuff, and we was working on stuff, and then we was like, man, we had to come with a name, you know, come with a name, and we were saying different stuff and stuff, and then Lil Flea came with, uh, like, man, we need some 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 street stuff, so. The military stuff, the street military. I say that's it, man. We go on street military like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we start going right there like that, cause we was already like a militant mind, and we streets, and we know everybody on the streets and connected, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? From there, so that was like, um, that was like, uh, really like '89. Uh, uh, yeah, like by '89, like that, man. And we started working on songs. We weren't out yet, but we were working on songs. In fact, I got some songs, you know, from that time. Like we were working, they they haven't been out yet, but uh, I will, you know, be putting them out. But um, it's like those songs they have, they not, you know, they not put out there. But it's some jamming stuff on there, man. But you know, we was working on songs and. 
I was uh, had a phone tracker, you know what I'm saying? Right. And um, I uh, and and at the time, you know, I ain't had an 808 and 909s and stuff with me, you know. That that was more further back with them, but during that time when I started working with the street military, I was working on uh, uh, ASR, you know what I'm saying, and uh, stuff like that. So, you know. That's what, you know, stuff I worked on, some of that stuff that went worldwide, they was from the Sonic, you know, because it was, you know, it was like, you know, uh, that keyboard was just a brain. It wasn't, it didn't come with sound. It just came with empty, it was just an empty keyboard, and you put, it was a sampler, so you could... Yep. You could sample and put what sound you made, you know, some of that stuff, like I made, like, you hear some of them basses and stuff like that, like from uh, 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 Don't Give a Damn and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Like I had a wire. It was an old wire and plugged in my, you know, plugged up to my keyboard and it was, and had a hum on it, though. Like, eh, it was humming and stuff. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to sample that and hum. Yeah, I was like sampling everything. I was like, I... I when it comes to sampling, I was sampling even before that. You know, I used to do sampling with Rock One Posse at Arm Clock, you know. And, you know, uh, uh, used to do stuff with me and Harvey Love and Big Mello. But uh, but my crew was uh, Rock One Posse in uh, Arm Clock. And, 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 and we was known as the dopest samplers. And we used to do stuff with Flipside Nation and Flipside... They from the clock, and we was like a sampling crews. Like, we we were sampling something, and you don't know where it's from, and, and we weren't just doing no loops, and you like, oh, that's from that. No, we was getting elements from songs, like a snare from here, a kick from there, a cymbal from here. So it was all, and then you could stack. Right. right. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, so. As far as the artists going to group, what was their personalities like? What? Well, we were all right, Peter Nut. You know, yeah. speak on him, he gone. And that was, he was one of the rarest, he was the hardest hype man in the world. It wasn't no hype man harder than that. That's all I said. Word. Because Nut would dive off the stage, hit the floor, <laughs> yeah. hit the ground like it's water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we go to clubs where they so hardcore, there's nothing but bad asses in them clubs. They and they and, and they and it was times that so that people couldn't get their frustration off. So we come to clubs ready to fight because it was like that's how it was when when nobody feeling stuff back then. So we had to be ready when we was coming back then because we was like breaking the hip hop market, uh, making a making a trail through the through the south, just as well as the ghetto boys was working, but yeah. we were doing our own route, though. You know what I'm saying? I did shit with Willie D, too. I used to beatbox right. with Willie D. Wow. That's right. So, did you, what you say? No, I was about to ask you, was you, uh, did you witness some of those battle raps they had back then? Because, man, I, I see it. Yeah, I witnessed, uh, Houston was I went into battle rap at, uh, at um, you know, I graduated out of Madison. I went to Willie Ridge also, and, you know, I went to a lot of schools. I was, like, in the hood, man, for real. But uh, I witnessed a battle with uh, Scarface and this guy. Uh, I won't say the other guy's name because he ain't never dropped a record out there, and I wouldn't want to just knock him like that or nothing. But the truth is true, but... Uh, I, I seen a, fa- uh, a battle with Scarface at Willie Ridge back in the day. This dude, he wanted to battle bad so much. He wanted to battle him and battle him. And it was like, we was all out on the patio. And then nobody wanted to battle me. I bust a rhyme in the air, though. And then nobody, everybody just, ooh, and that was it. Then nobody, it really was a battle going on already with Brad. And the, but, but, you know, uh, you know, I had love for Brad, but I was like, a, uh, you know, you know, it was cash they, you know, that can't want to battle Brad and bad Brad and them and facing them battling at the by the door of the patio, boom, boom, boom. 
The dude, he had something to him, everybody, ooh. And then uh, Face hit something, and everybody, ooh. And then they took it to the back of the patio. Right. And then I didn't go back there. I was in another world. I just went and went on and did something else. But then suddenly in the cafeteria, ooh. And then they like Face got the guy. You know what I'm saying? Face has won. So we were like, damn, who won that? Face won it, man. I was like, he was winning last time when I seen it. But, you know, uh, you right. know, I seen that one. And, um, yeah. So, um, and, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the first, well, was y'all looking around for any, any record deals? And see, the first label I ended up on was Beatbox Records. But was y'all, was any other labels looking at y'all at the time? Or? Not, uh, Beatbox is the second label we was on. Beatbox is the second label. First label Who's we was on is called Gerard Records. Gerard Records. We, we, dropped, it, we dropped it on Gerard Records. That was in South Park. On re-roll with Keith Babin. Keith Babin is the top nicest brother that uh, Pharaoh, uh, Lil Dabba, he knew about him. Uh, one day I was riding, and me and Lil Dabba, we knew each other. So Dabba knew about me on the turntables. Uh, and Lil Page knew him. All of them, they know me about Dabba on the turntables. Uh, R.P. Cola, Kevin Jackman, and stuff like that. He, you know, them old school cats that's older than us, so, you know. But uh, anyway, it was like uh, Pharaoh came, and he was like, man, I want you to battle somebody, man. I say, man, come on, man. He said, man, come on, battle this dude, man. You do this dude, show this dude with him. And then he called, he called Keith Babbitt on the phone. He said, I got somebody for you. I got somebody for you. He finna come battle. We were coming right now for the turntable. Because they had turntables. So I come over there to Key Babbitt's spot, and Key Babbitt got them 1200 set up, and, you know, record crates and stuff. So I'm like, man, this dude, but, you know, I'm coming to his house. I don't really want to disrespect nobody coming to their house because we could, you know, we could do business instead of just, but it was back in the day. So Babbitt, he was like, don't get on him. So I got on him and did a couple of cuts. He was like, no, nah, I ain't battling. He put his cousin on me. You know what I'm saying? He told his cousin to battle me. And his cousin had to touch him a little bit, and then I touched him and got in it on there. And he was like, man, fuck that. I, you know, his cousin. <laughs> and so he was like, he wanted to do some shit with us on some music. So I was like, yeah, man, we, you know, we already been working on some stuff like uh you know, we was rapping together, street military stuff, but then we really, you know, it that was our record deal with Gerard. You know, we, you know, we had T-shirts and uh, name pieces and stuff and IDs. We had, you know, uh, alligator leather and stuff on the bars in the studios and shit. So, you know, we were doing that stuff for Death Row. I let, you know, uh, only, only, you know. Record label probably was out, you know, like, uh, you know, it was some record labels out, but, you know, I ain't putting nothing on Death Row. They, they weren't out yet, but, you know, but uh, they had, you know, that was a, a hidden record label from the West Coast that got respect for and uh, Ruthless Records and all that, too, and a bird of law and stuff. I could go on about the West and the East, but, you know, I'm like, you know, we, was, we had us something. In the South, you know, it was different out here, you know, no rapper, you know, so. All right, so uh, with Beatbox Beatbox Records, did y'all have any label label mates on on that label? Yeah, on Beatbox, yeah, we had label mates. uh, Clondike Cat Cat was even on Gerard Records also with us. You know, Cat, Clondike Cat, uh, when we were doing our writing and stuff and we wrote a hook out and stuff and Cat had a solo project and stuff and I was like, man, you know, Cat was there when I came and did the turntable stuff with Keith Babbin and stuff. So Cat song, you know, uh, the episode, you know, I was like, man, I'll get Cat sang on the episode. That was one of our first singles, like we was going to drop out there, you know, uh, 
You know, and then we got Kenton saying that y'all don't know what the young brothers are going through. Yeah. That right there, you know what I'm saying? And, that, you know, that's Klondike Ken. And then we had a boot camp, 3 4 action. Uh, they was on there. On, I mean, that was on Gerard Records. But uh, on Beatbox, Klondike Cat came with us. We had Les Money. Uh, it was Les Money, Klondike Cat, and us. And um, uh, and later on, Bam was on X Bam Records, and then uh, whatever their business was or whatever, then eventually they came over. It was at Beatbox, and the faculty they was at X Bam also, and they, you know, uh, eventually it came over to Beatbox. Right. So was was Jay Prince looking at y'all at the time? Yeah, I did start with Jay Prince. You know, yeah, he was, he was, he was, you know, had interest back in the day. You know, Jay Prince. Uh, uh, you know, we all got family members that all run together stuff, and you know, Jay Prince is a big brother to me and stuff, and you know, it was all respects and, and stuff like that. But he was calling us in. He, you know, sometimes you know, some you know, his cousins and stuff. He was in our, you know, he was family with us. And, and we was riding and stuff, and we pop up at the compound, and Jay Prince, we sit there, he'll make sure we okay and stuff, and, uh, and you know, uh, you know, we got problems with anything and stuff like that, uh, he down with us, you know, he, you know, and stuff like that, you know, and, um, he was like, man, he wanted us on the label, but, you know, he was like, Keith Bevin was talking to Michael Jackson prices, that's why I remember, uh, well, Jay said, man, he's talking about Michael Jackson prices for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know, that's some negotiation that was just, you know, some other negotiation, you know. And it's, but it's just, you know, it was like, you know, we still were down with Jay, though. That's why us and the ghetto boys and all that, we never had problems because we is a family, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, it's different companies in the families, in the families. So that's that's right. like it is. So I dropped stuff on Willie D album, uh, going out like a soldier album. You know, I was busting oh, wow. some roster and stuff like that. I busted some roster on a big mellow album. It's you know, and you know, I just 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 gave it to the fam. You know, I wasn't looking for. You know, nothing. I just, you know, took care of the fam. That's one thing it was. And, and uh, you know, we you know, we uh we got along real nice, you know, it'd be nice to have a uh street military ghetto boy tour, man, you know, that's something nice, man. I would you know I would I would like to, you know, to do because, you know, when it do that, uh guarantee you gonna see the whole H. You gonna see a major majority. You know, right. Um, so, um, so did did Easy E try to sign y'all to Ruthless? Uh, uh, that's something probably Keith Bannon may know about. Uh, B-Box okay. you know, if he if he got in touch with me, he would most definitely have got some business from me, for sure. Easy E, come on, yeah. I'd have been making, I'd have been over there with Dre now, and we'd have been wrecking over there. Right. right, yeah, because um, <clears throat> a lot of the the albums that y'all was putting out at the time, they were they was mostly EPs. So that was that part of y'all system to put out uh, EPs. Because I see y'all had four EPs and a and a full album in two thousand one. Yeah, we had some other some some of them songs. It was so hard on the album, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were scared they of them fucking cut. songs, man. <laughs> they were scared of them songs, man. We had some real shit on there. Some real stuff like, you know, songs like Take the Seed Off Your Face. And it was some real songs. I still got some of them. We just talking about some knowledge on there. But it was some rough stuff where when you go worldwide, man, you know, you want to be more lenient and biracial, man, and stuff I've been, you know, and stuff in the, you know, in, in the street families, man, you know, you have to say and stuff to make sure people know you ain't no sellout and you not forget where you came from and your, 
from my ancestors and my grandmother and stuff and uncles and aunties and stuff that was murdered and slaughtered back in the day. So the main thing we gonna come out and speak on that. And after that, man, we good, man. You know, I got love for every everybody. You know, that got respect for me, man. If they got, if they respectful, and then. I guess you good, man. It don't matter if you black or white or whatever, man. You got respect, man. That's, uh, we all one because we all eat and shit the same. Now, excuse my language on that, but, <laughs> you know, we got to learn how to get along in this country, man. We got a lot of stuff going on in space, man. Uh, you know, in our, you know, uh, this out this world, man, that, you know, we don't have our stuff together, man. God going to come, and some other entities going to come this planet, man. If we ain't got it together, man, we going to shit creek, man. So we need yeah. to go and get along, man. Right, right. So who who helped y'all with the wild pitch deal? Well, it was um, it was uh, African and the Nigerians, you know, they came to my house in Mo City. And right. they have to be like, you know, they, they come in like the draft picks, man. They came like that, knocked on the door. And uh, they was like, man, you know, it was, uh, they wanted us on the deal. But before that, when we were with Gerard Ruckers, we had a major deal. And we was coming to do a meeting on Juneteenth. I don't know if y'all know what Juneteenth, about Juneteenth, but that's a, that's the day that the uh, slaves was free uh, out here, you know, in the South, uh, in Texas. June, uh, they were called June 10th, June 19th, because everybody was free in the United States right. except us. Right. And we found out later on June 19th. So that, so that day we celebrated out here. Because that's when the slaves was free in Texas right here. So, right. so we were celebrating. It was on Juneteenth, so we was going to come together uh, uh, at the record label, Gerard Ruckers, and he had an announcement to make, and we was going to be getting a major deal. I really, I heard a couple of spots, so it, it could have been that easy, easy, or it could have been some other, you know, Deals uh, from you know uh, other major labels out there, Sony and other stuff, and and you know, Warner Brothers and uh, what that was, um, uh, you know, it was one of the big four. That's all I remember. They said it was one of the big three or one of the big four or the, or the majors. But when we came, before we got there, the fans hit, man. The fans came. Bow took my boy Keith Baby and lock him up. Took a couple of our, uh, other OGs, locked them up, man. And we was out there, and we had food out there on the high side for the streets. They come eat and enjoy themselves. So, so team, uh, they came and yeah. So, uh, so, so, so when when did y'all meet DJ Screw? I mean, DJ Screw. Well, I knew school uh, cousin. He went to school with me, Big Bud, Bubba Bud, which is running the school shop. You know, uh, and we went to school. With so I knew Big Bud first. That's school big cousin. He a DJ also, but school came with it though. You know what I'm saying? School slowed it down. It was over. You know what I'm saying? But it mean like you know. So I uh, so. I kind of, you know, I know school family. So when we met, I met school, I believe in, let me see, like, um, I guess it'd probably be 92, 91, 92. So it was like, you know, but then, you know, school, you know, he was, Getting the crunk, getting the crunk, and then you know, in school, you know, he got it, he got a crunk, you know, he was DJing, you know. I used to do a couple of mixtapes and stuff, you know. Daryl Scott, Daryl Scott, he he did mixtapes and stuff, you know. I did some, but I went into you know making beats and scratching on them and stuff like that, you know, make sure that you know we had scratches on songs, and that's why. 
you know, I went to more into that, you know, than doing the mixtapes, you know, so during that time. So I missed school like ninety like ninety two, ninety one time like that. Right. So um, when y'all had did the uh the Still Gangsters album, MJG had did a lot of producing on that. How y'all was able to hook up with MJG to put that together for y'all? Well, uh they CEO, Tony Draper. I call him Pump Pump. You know, he know what I'm talking about when he is. He going to know that's me. But uh, we went to school together. Uh, out there in Mo City, the Reeds right there. That's where I know Draper from, Mo City. But Draper was always cool. We always had respect for each other and stuff. And, um... Uh, Draper and them, uh, was working on stuff, and they had a record label in the Southwest side, and, um, uh, Lil Flea and KB them, and X-Band records with BAM and the faculty and stuff like that, they had a, um, a, a, a record label also, and they was all in the same building, and we all was cool with each other. And stuff like that, and then Flea and uh, KB and them, they was, you know, talking with MJG and them and stuff like that. And he, and we all knew Tony Draper and stuff, so we all had a relationship, you know, you know, to be able, you know, to talk with each other and stuff. And it was a time that, you know, we was working on the album, and so it was like, you know, I ain't work on no tracks on there. I did writing on Steel Gangster. You know, I feel like, okay, I'm going to let, you know, KB and Flea go ahead and take the lead and kind of, you know, uh, kind of put them in together on, uh, like, you know, be kind of, you know, in charge because, you know, I want them to have their freedom as, you know, it's just that, like, you know, me, like, I'm doing everything. I'm not trying, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I want them to, you know, do something part of it too. So they... They, you know, they wanted to do stuff with MJG. I was like, it's a go. You know, we do that. And we work with Muhammad 2G. Um, he did some production on there, MJG, man. Uh, and DJ Squeaky out there in, uh, in, you know, in Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, they did some production. We dropped, you know, so it was like I was just writing on it. And I sit back because I was like, yeah. You know, I was like, you know, it was a time in JG, and they were like, man, what's up, man? Because they wanted me to do some tracks on there. I said, man, I'm letting Flea and KB now, you know, take charge on this project. So if they want me to, then I'll do some tracks. Because I was on the writing side, so I was like, I'm not going to try to do everything, you know, and hog the shine like that. So, uh, you know, so... So we chose to, you know, work with MJG and them and other, you know, uh, people, you know, on there. I had Zero on there and Middle Fingers and them on there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so as a matter of fact, speaking of Zero, did, did Zero come under y'all? Did he start off on the street military? Well, we, uh, Zero uh, was rapping with Trey and Trey True. And Trey Big Brother was like tight family with us, and his Big Brother's on a lot, you know. And, you know, and, you know he been through some stuff, and all, you know, I, you know, I don't know really what, you know, a lot of stuff what happened for, you know, different things. But we were tight with, you know, with with, with Dinky, which is locked up. But um, so that made it tight for Trey. And it made type of zero. So when I met zero, he was real, real young. But he always showed respect. But, he, you know, he always looked up to us from there because he knew that, you know, we were family. So so that was from, you know, from zero right there. So, I, you know, I always, you know, had respect, you know, for zero, you know what I'm saying? Because he, he showed the respect, you know, back, you know, and... Right, so when uh, so what with Pharaoh? Do do you still keep in touch with him? Yeah, we. You know, we 
Yeah, we keep in touch on and off and doing some writing there once in a while and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I get keep in touch with his brothers and his mother and them and stuff. And, you know, we stay in touch enough to, you know, I could, you know, I, you know, I could know, you know, what his conditions is and, and you know, stuff like that. Right, so, um, so, uh, with, with Nut, um, you know, that, that was a, losing Nut, I know that was a big blow to the group, so how, how was y'all able to, to deal with that? Well, well you know, it's it up to it if you want to talk about it. Yeah, that was a, you know, that was a rough thing with Nut. You know, uh, Nut, Antoine Burnett, R.I.P., he, um, Nut knew everything about sports. So it was not one player in sports he did not know the stats on. And, you know, he was going to school, too. This is the first thing I'm going to say about him. So you can know that Nut, uh, uh, he had a head on his shoulder, and he was gonna do. He was gonna be a sportscaster because I know he knew. I mean, it was like he was test nut all the time. Nut, who was that dude right there? Oh, that's such and such. He went to such and such high school. He such and such. He man, he know everything. So I'm like, man, you know about this stuff, man. You know, and, you know, little a good while out there. You know, he'll go through a lot of stuff. You know, you never know. He was on that southwest side though. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Southwest Side is real. You know, it, 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 you know, Ace Time Wild. That's the Wild Wild West, man. And you know, it just, it just happened. With, but you know, Nut, you know, uh, you know, he passed away out there. And you know, uh, uh, but you know, uh, God bless his family and everything and stuff. Uh, but Nut, you know, we when we hit shows, man. He was the crunkest hype man, man, I ever seen, man. It was like, man, I mean, we went to Dallas one time, man. It was like, you know, Dallas and Houston, you know, back then they wasn't, you know, uh, they they managed to get along because I went out there first with Willie D, you know, before Willie D was with Rabbit and everything, you know what I'm saying? We were, we used to do shows and stuff in clubs, so we went out there and, and uh, we broke the market open for Houston and, and uh, Dallas, man, you know, uh, it was rough when we first went out there, but, you know, uh, we came back years later. You know, I came with Street Military years later, and we were doing a show, and the guy at the club, I think it was called Club Venue or something like that, man. Back in the day, it was like they booing everybody that come through here. Everybody that come here and kill you, they just booing you. And we was, like, already pumped up. We already been in rough clubs and stuff doing shows. So we was ready for Dallas anyway. So when we came, the, I mean, the, the manager of the club, he was, like, already told us, that, you know, we was there all day. It was like, man, they boo everybody. They boo people, like, some big names. I'm just not going to just be speaking on them big names, but they boo them, man. And I was like, man, they boo them? So we was ready. So when our music came on, Nut stands up on top of the concert speaker, and they looking at him, and he lit a cigarette and burnt it on his chest, put that move out on his chest on him, and uh, thumped that cigarette and, and dove off that speaker and hit the concert monitors on. Oh, monitors flew <laughs> off the wire, flew off the wire, flew in the crowd, and we like, crank this bitch up. And it was like everybody in the crowd just caught the Holy Ghost. They just got the boxing out there. Blue, 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 just boxing. Like slam dance and they get the boxing. Blue, 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 blue. And then they eventually calmed down and they was jamming and spilling drinks and, and crunk on it. Because we had gave them a rush, man. And they needed that rush. They needed it so bad. And when that, when that happened, the club owners, 
And some OGs out there, they were bringing us whole bottles, just giving us our whole, whole bottle because we had broke the mold what they needed, man. They needed some underground music. They wanted to hear that NWA shit, that ghetto boy, that street military shit. They wanted to hear that stuff. They needed that. And we came in and did that stuff. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so now that you still keep in touch with the other members? Uh, yeah, we get it. I, I get in touch with uh, uh, Flea, KB, uh, you know, and everybody, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, y'all have any, do you have any projects that you're working on now? Yeah, I got, uh, yeah. I got uh, a, a Grady's hit project. I'm going to pull some, some stuff on there. And I got a new album that I'm working on called Hustling Instructions. Uh, that one I'm working on. And I got some unheard street military stuff that I've been, you know, thinking about putting, that, you know, some of that stuff out. But my main thing is, is like, man, I'm, I'm just wanting investors. You know, if investors, they want a new street military project, you know, they you know they have to pay, man. Pay some top notch money and get some top notch classy stuff. You know what I'm saying? And if they want to hear a new new street military like to just to come out, that's what it takes right now. Cause everybody they doing some entrepreneurial business stuff, and we got some stuff we've been working on, but um. We busy, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff going on. We stay busy, so right. you know, to the majors, if they want a street military project, drop the loop, man. Right. So, so, what you want street military to be remembered for? Uh, unity. We go, you know. Unity, man. We want to be known for unity because we're family through thick and thin. You know what I'm saying? So, right. uh, be known for unity, man. So, anything else that you got going on? Well, I'm working with, uh, I got the, the coldest guitarist, man. His name Chase Rock, man. He cold his guitars in the South, man. He could play anything, man. He's so cold on that guitar, it's technically part of him, man. I promise, man. He, yeah, yeah. He, you know, that guitar part of him, man. When I first met him, I met him from my boy Kelly, man. So, the, the, the dude I worked on music, man, with. You know, Kelly Yates, man. And Kelly Yates called me, say, man. I got somebody, man, I want to hook you with. And, and you know, uh, it went from there, but Chase Rock, uh, you know, that's his name, Chase Rock. He play, he, he can play keyboards. He cold, man. He's a very talented dude, man. And, you know, he he, he hardcore at what he do, man. And uh, he play a guitar, man. He You know, he play guitars to his fingers, blade, So you know he go hard, man. You know what I'm saying? It's some real stuff, man. You know, and uh, that's that's uh, you know, you know, I you know, when I see Teddy like that, man. I just you know, had you know, I have to work with him, man. And uh, hopefully, you know, sooner or later, you'll check an album that uh, that you know that Chase Rock he worked on, man. You know, he do hip hop, rock, everything. He do everything, just like I do. And I'm like, man, you got to come out, man. I understand totally what you're going through because it's like, like I said earlier when I was talking before we came on the air, there's a lot of people in the South that haven't, you know, came out. You know what I'm saying? Like I give props to all the old schoolers in the rap game that when the rap uh, industry, the, the hip-hop industry was very poor, that we wasn't really coming on records and stuff, and it's some big talents that, that, you know, from the back in the day, man, before I even came out, man, they was, you know, they was there, man, 
you know, hip-hop was in, you know, you know, it was here, man, before we even, you know, was able to get a sign in the South like this, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody looked at the East and the West Coast, and, right, right. and we weren't in the spotlight. So it was people, when some of their old school was out way back in the day and getting their sign on, we had no sign on back then, but it was most definitely going on in our area. Bob McClough, you got something you want to ask him? Uh, yeah, I was wondering, um, how 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 well did you know Big Mellow? Oh yeah, we was tight, man. Big Mellow, man. We we used to pop rock, pop lock and and stuff, and you know, and and, and break dance and and stuff, and, and you know, and contests and stuff, man. It was in Cruz, you know. Mello was in what that was? I think it was Hard Rock Edition or something like that. Yeah. I was in I was in a Negro Posse. Uh, Fallon was in the 18. It got more other cats, you know, out there. They was you know in the in that stuff like that, and that's where I know Mello from, man. From popping and and beatboxing, we all was beatboxing and we was in it, man. And and R.I.P. to Big Mellow, man. Mello, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. he was very talented, man. And, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, Big Mellow, you you could tell that he was old school because of, you know, out that first one, that uh, the Bone Hard Niggas album. Man, yeah. You could tell that, you know, he, he had that, that ear for soul, you know, because a lot of them samples on there came from them soul songs, you know, back in the 70s and the 80s, you know, that. That, mm-hmm. that was the one, uh, yeah, Cause, I mean, oh, like yeah. that love don't love nobody. <laughs> you oh, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah right before Pocket came with uh, keep your head up, you know, before you used that same thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So, oh, big yeah. Mellow, truth. R.I.P. the Big Mellow. Thank you. You got something you want to ask? Hey, hey. Well, you know, of course, I want to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say who is your favorite rapper, but who is one of your favorite rappers? One of my favorite rappers is um, K. Reno. Already. <laughs> K. Reno, man. Yeah, man. I, it's, it's my one, but, you know, I'm just keep it, keep it, you know, keep it okay. tight, man. So. Yeah. Okay. Already. All right. Well, he, well, he is one of my favorite as well, so. I got you. <laughs> did, you, did, you have a, did you have a battle, K. Reno? Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> man, we we unified. We like some I'm stuff is like people like, heard like, of a thing like, like man, you too dope to battle. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's how it yeah. is, man. We like, you know, uh it's a you know maybe if we if it if it would have been in the early early years but yeah. I told K Reno that the other day. We worked on a song. I say K Reno, if somebody wanna battle you I would want to beat him up because I'd be like, where are they in the early time, man? Don't try to come and battle nobody, you know. Uh, nah, you know, you know, yeah. you know, Kate, man, you know, it's like, man, it's some, it's some people like, man, they, um, it's like untouchable, man. You can. Exactly. That's like putting fire in fire, man. Why you going to put some fire in right. fire? I can't do that's that, right. you know. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, did you ever see K uh K Reno battle like like old school Raheem or like like jukebox from back in the day, ghetto boys? No, I ain't I ain't see you know, I ain't see him do that, but uh I just know that uh K and them uh you know, they K Rick K did some good battling, man, back in the days and Nick and Nip.
So it was like back to back zoning. So, you know, I, when I come in the contest when uh, they was doing battles, I come in there beatboxing, rapping, and jump up off stage, go get in the DJ booth, scratching. So <laughs> it was times I was winning them out there. So, you know, uh, I was never looking at it like a battle, so that's what probably, uh, you know, got me some wins out there because I wasn't personal on it. It was yeah. just like, look at my talent, man. Do you, you want to fuck with that? That's all it was. And, and you know, and, uh, me and Willie D, we, uh, we, you know, came together and we was hitting the road and doing shows. Uh, before you was rapping like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah. I give props to the old school ghetto boys and the new school ghetto boys. They can't, you know, all the ghetto boys is ghetto boys, you know what I'm saying? From the first ones to all the way to the ones that's to, to, to now. So, yep. you know. Uh, right. Right. So, yeah, so that it is. So everything is cool, man. Uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, yeah, man. I um, I got a, a a website where you know I got to have my work on with Mister Ballhead. It's a lot of pools out there I'm working with, man. I mean, stuff will keep popping up, man. It's gonna I'm just stuff gonna keep popping up. Like just features is like mad, you know, like for real. And it, so you know, one day I might put together a feature album that I like stuff I featured on, and is you know it's a it's a lot of work, you know, out there. You know, got to be a yeah. lifestyle. That's what it's about in the industry, you know. So, right. You know. Yes, sir. Right. My my website is dot com. It's there. It's spelled S U P A J A M M I N dot com. Super Jamming. Jamming. Dot com. Okay. Super Jamming. Yeah. All right. So, well, we appreciate that. We're going to check it out. And, uh, yeah, thank you for your time, man. We appreciate, yeah, we appreciate your time, man. Yes, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for, for uh, getting at us today, man. Yeah, I pre I appreciate y'all too. You know, this what it takes to keep it going. You know what I'm saying? We gotta keep it going. Right. What's up? So all y'all, y'all, all y'all have a bliss and stay blessed and keep doing what y'all do. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Peace out. Peace. 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 Peace.